Hello everybody, welcome back for another video. Hope you're all having a great day and that you're all doing well. A lot of stuff going on in the cryptocurrency space, so without further ado, let's jump right into it. The popular cryptocurrency exchange known as Coinbase has launched a new 12-day event similar to the popular Christmas carol of the 12 days of Christmas. In the classic song, the value and importance of each gift increases as the days go by, with the first day being on Christmas Day. Unlike the popular song, the team at Coinbase chose to start their 12 days of giving on the 10th of December. The 12-day event ends on the 21st of December. Uh, the team at Coinbase has said, each day at noon PST, that's Pacific Standard Time, I think. I want to say that's California time. We'll, uh, we'll announce new features, support for new cryptocurrencies, and more check back daily on the first of the 12-day event the team at coinbase announced that customers in the u.s could spend their crypto balances on we gift e-gift cards the second day they donated ten thousand u.s dollars in zcash to support givecrypto.org here's what they said about it coinbase has already revealed the first two gifts we now have 10 more days and 10 more gifts to receive from coinbase the exchange is sure to increase the value of their gifts to worthy causes and to other customers as time goes by. The exchange has recently announced that its new strategy is driven by customers. They have noted that the one thing their customers want is new cryptocurrencies on the platform. Wow, surprise. This in turn leaves the door wide open for the popular exchange to list cryptos such as XRP, Stellar, and Cardano as part of their 12-day event. I'm going to assume, and this is just me, we still have so stellar and cardano are part of the last trailing five from before that they said that they were going to add they recently added four other coins to coinbase pro can't remember the names of the coins at all i think one of them was decentraland if i'm not mistaken uh so i don't assume that those are part of the uh 10 days of coinbase christmas cut out xrp i think the 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 odds of coinbase adding xrp anytime soon are very slim uh, if they did it, I would have a new level of respect for them, the fact that they finally went for it. Uh, but I'm going to assume that the last two days are probably going to be uh, Stellar and Cardano, or Car Cardano and Stellar, as their last two things. Or maybe even some other type of announcement that they're going to have some other type of, uh, you know, like a investment opportunity for people on top of their platform i heard about this obviously like a day or two ago when it first got started i didn't actually think it was real lo and behold it actually is a real thing uh so let's see if i mean a lot of people aren't too I want to say the words happy with coinbase at the moment they've taken a very long time i think and i'm, I'm I, I try to be fair i don't think that is necessarily 100 their fault i think that they do or did or still do want to add multiple cryptocurrencies to the platform. But if you remember the last video and the video before that, when I was talking about exactly uh, the problem with regulations in the, in the United States, for those who weren't uh, here, uh, the, the, the summed up version pretty much is, is that the SEC uh, believes all cryptos are securities. The CFTC believes that all cryptos are commodities. Uh, the IRS believes that all crypto are property. And what was the other one? I want to say uh, FinCEN, SENFIN, some financial agency, uh, they believe that all crypto is money. So I know that Coinbase has been trying. I, we, we can see that they're making an effort. It might be a little bit too late on their part. Uh, but I mean, realistically, if they can continue to add coins to their platform, that's wonderful. If they can continue to increase liquidity for other cryptocurrencies, 
on the broader market that's also wonderful this is why i don't have a problem with them like adding erc20 tokens or any other coins just increase the amount of coins that you have on the platform so that when we do eventually have a bull run uh people have options and people are able to actually get into these coins as opposed to having to go through one other site and stuff like that um fiat pairings are incredibly important especially when you're trying to get money or cash directly into the cryptocurrency market anyway uh i will definitely be reporting should something else significant happen like if they have something else like what was the first thing uh like a, a we gift e-card probably going to skip over that but if they announce any other type of any coins i'm probably going to go over it and yeah i guess on that let us move on so uh this is incredibly indicative of where we are right now in the cryptocurrency space Cryptocurrency mining giant known as Bitmain is closing down its Israel-based research and development arm. According to a report from financial news source Globes, Bitmain Tech Israel, the firm's R&D center in the city of Ranana, is being shuttered due to the general downturn in the crypto markets. All 23 employees, including Bitmain's vice president for sales and marketing, Gadi Glickberg, who led the Israeli project, have been laid off. Only a few months ago, the firm has reportedly been planning to hire over 40 people at the center across research, engineering, and marketing roles. They said the crypto market has undergone a shakeup in the, in the past few months, which has forced Bitmain to examine its various activities around the globe and to refocus its business in accordance with the current situation. Bitmain Tech Israel was launched back in 2016 and went on to launch Bitmain Connect BTC mining pool in 2017 of April. The unit worked on developing blockchain technology as well as artificial intelligence for the company's Sofan project. One of the uh, spokespeople said from Bitmain, as part of our normal course of business, we are continually evaluating our market strategy to gain efficiencies and take advantage of growth opportunities as a result. We have decided to close our operations in Israel at this time and remain on the lookout for the best talent in the world for our operations across the globe, end quote. Uh, so remember I was talking about a couple days ago that we have seen and are going to see and are now currently seeing more uh, crypto closures, quote unquote, if you kind of want to call them that. The industry as a whole is kind of suffering. A lot of the major uh, cryptocurrency projects are not having a problem at all. These are like EOS, um, Ripple, Bitcoin, Ethereum is kind of okay. Uh, but a lot of the other ones are losing funding. And it's really interesting that Bitmain, we had a lot of ruckus about them a couple of months ago, as in they were uh, or are in control of a large amount of the hash rate power for Bitcoin. Um, I can only assume that they've also been turning off their machines because as of right now, it appears that the break-even point to be able to make money back from Bitcoin seems to be floating around anywhere from 6,500 to 8,400, depending on which country that you're in, depending on what kind of metrics that you're looking at. So I can only assume with a Bitcoin price like this that they've definitely turned off a couple of their machines. Uh, it'll eventually turn back on, potentially maybe one day. But as of right now... Uh, a lot of things in the cryptocurrency space are losing funding. They're losing their money. Um, I think all talk of Bitmain even having an IPO, which is an initial public offering, I think it is. Uh, pretty much when you try to get your stuff listed on the stock market, has the, those rumors have also become very uh, quiet over the last couple of weeks simply because uh, with the market going down, nobody really wants to launch anything. Nobody really wants to have any type of new thing kind of floating out there for anyone to... I mean, no one's going to really... I mean, how, how do I say this? 
people are far less likely to put money into the cryptocurrency space or into a startup or into a mining company uh, when prices are going down. The moment prices start going back up, this this euphoric uh, feeling will eventually hit people once again, especially once we once we hit a Bitcoin price of ten to 15000 once again. I can only imagine how much money is going to be flowing through the ecosystem. But as of right now, uh, a lot of places are closing down and it's just kind of where we are in the market right now. But yeah, let's move on. Next up, at the first official meeting between five of the biggest crypto exchanges and the government of South Korea, Cumberland Korea CEO Hong Joon-ki said that both the government and local financial institutions have to acknowledge the efforts of NASDAQ, Fidelity, and some of the largest conglomerates in the global marketing working to strengthen the infrastructure around the cryptocurrencies. I'll try and get back to that in one second. Hong who has been leading the operations of Cumberland, a major over-the-counter or OTC exchange in South Korea, told government officials, including several congressmen, members of the National Assembly and Financial Services Commissions or FSC authorities, that the government has to be aware of the rate at which cryptocurrency sector is growing with the involvement of major financial firms. In the third quarter of 2018 alone, the world's two largest stock exchanges known as the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, along with the global market's fourth big, biggest asset manager, Fidelity, who controls like, I think one point, like, no, I, th I think it's like, it's a couple trillion dollars that they actually uh, manage in assets, established Bitcoin ventures such as futures markets and custodial services or solutions to drive cryptocurrency adoption and provide an easy way for institutional investors to invest in the market. Through the past two years, only two major banks, Shinan and Nonghyup, have focused on improving the infrastructure of the local cryptocurrency exchange market. Shinan Bank, the second country's second most valuable commercial bank, created a crypto exchange called GoPax, equipped with the same trading engine used by NASDAQ with withdrawals and deposit support to and from all the banks in South Korea. Without reading any further about what's happening in South Korea, this is very important right here. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier. I'm sure you guys have heard me say that phrase at least 140 times on this channel already uh and it's very interesting and i it goes back to what i was saying before that so many people uh, trying sorry trying to talk slow i'm getting very excited um a lot of people in the cryptocurrency space uh and i want to say like more i guess we can us retail investors uh don't really dig a lot further and a lot of people are more concerned with the prices uh not really understanding what's happening in the background in the podcast that i was listening to earlier i can't remember uh, which one specifically, because I, I try to download like 10 a day and I just go outside and hear all of them. And they were talking about that. What's happening right now is actually quite phenomenal. The fact that we have uh, even these three aside, I, I think it's Yale who recently announced a couple of months ago, it was out of Yale or Harvard, who announced that they were also getting into cryptocurrencies and they were um, investing a portion of their money into cryptocurrency funds. And the guy was saying, he said, what's going to end up happening is, is that when the crypto market does go back up, and a lot of uh, fund managers around the world who are maybe hesitant to not get into cryptocurrencies, who don't kind of want to get into cryptocurrencies, have told their uh, the people who they're managing assets for, you know, this is very risky. Don't get into it. The moment the crypto market starts going back up and we get word from any of the major institutions about how they made a 400% profit or they made a 700% profit because of how big cryptocurrencies got or how far the prices went up. 
He said there's going to be a switch very quick in the heads of all these fund managers. And they're going to be like, why, you know, it's that situation when, 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 when Bitcoin goes from 100 to 15,000, you sit there and go, why, why didn't I see the signs? Why didn't I pay attention? I wish I had put money. I wish I had put a thousand dollars into Bitcoin when it was a hundred, I would have had 10 of them. I would have had $150,000. He said that moment is going to happen very quick for a lot of them. A lot of them are very, uh, not concerned, but they don't understand the space. They don't want to understand the space. A lot of them think it might be a fad. A lot of them are telling their, uh, Customers, I guess you can kind of call them and to, to instead invest in real estate, to invest in so-and-so. You'll get a nice, healthy 15% profit from this. Definitely do this. Don't pay attention to anything else. And he said, what NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange are doing right now is actually quite significant because for a long amount of time, and I'm pretty sure you've all noticed as well, we've had the constant um, echoing is that we need um, a space for institutional investors, a very heavy-handed investors to be able to get into the market and some type of a custodial thing we need you know most people don't really care to um, hold their own cryptocurrency keys or to hold their crypto themselves especially i told you guys before there's a very it, it creates a very weird situation where crypto was created in order for us to be able to hold our own money to be able to be our own banks but you have a situation where realistically and this is just kind of how it kind of is if you have or you make let's say let's say you make in the in in a crypto bull run 100 million dollars uh the odds of you putting that onto a nano ledger and putting that under your bed or into a drawer or uh the in the back of your uh tub or something like that are pretty slim to none that's a huge amount of money so these two getting into the game especially with fidelity as well talking about that they're going to have like custody solutions this is exactly uh what that guy was talking about he said this is exactly what the market needs and he thinks thinks t-h-i-n-k by the end of the first month of next year when we have proper clarification that these things are going to launch he says this is when he thinks that crypto will slowly begin to go up he says at this point he doesn't really expect a huge uh everyday 40 50 70 95 percent up every single day because these are getting into the game he said time is going to help establish these things and, and pretty much solidify them into uh, what we need like as like a trusted space. He said the fact that they're getting into it, the fact that they're even thinking of touching the cryptocurrency uh, space is already completely significant. He said he's kind of confused why more people haven't really jumped into the market or maybe it just happening over the counter and that people don't understand the significance of these two getting into it, especially with Fidelity and either, I want to say it's Yale. It's, I, Harvard just doesn't sound right, but I'm pretty sure it's Yale. And he said all the other ones who are also doing it behind the scenes who are trying to accumulate as much cryptocurrencies as possible because what's going to end up happening is, and this is why I think it's very interesting that they it was like an official meeting between cryptocurrency exchanges and also people from the government where someone was pretty much telling them, pay attention to what they're doing. A lot of the countries, I told you guys this in the summer, I think that they thought that crypto was going to die, that crypto was going to kind of slowly fade away, that they that the, the hype would be gone and that they wouldn't have to deal with it. And they didn't really realize that before the prices went up in 2017, there were already a huge amount of people who were already into cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies got onto their radar at the end of 2017 when prices started going too high. When Bitcoin hit 10,000, that was, I think, the moment when they kind of all started paying attention and they were like, oh boy, okay, we got to start regulating. Not really realizing that this was already an industry that was building up itself for eight years. So uh, the idea behind it all is, and, I'm, and I hope that other countries are also starting to pay attention as well. There was something else, I can't remember the name of the country. It was somewhere in Africa. I read it earlier. Uh, and they were talking about how uh, crypto is dangerous and they're trying to get their uh, 
someone to like ban it in the country, like like the 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 central bank or something like that, because it's not good for the people in the country. And I'm like, <sighs> when the future does happen, and we have, and it's, it's I don't know. I'm tired of talking about that point, talking about that it's sad. So many other countries and so many other continents can benefit from cryptocurrencies. They're not looking into it. I mean, realistically, having been in finance before, uh, as it was in my major or anything like that, like I've been into finance for quite some time, like the idea of finance and I read about finance and I learn about finance. Just the idea of these two entities at all getting into the cryptocurrency space signals to me that crypto is going to be around for a very long time. The fact that other people in other countries aren't really seeing this is kind of... Uh, I guess interesting is the only word that kind of pops up into my head. It's kind of like uh, someone asking you if you're hungry and they hand you an apple and you kind of look past them to see if there's like a grove of oranges or something like that, not realizing that they have food in front of your face. Anyway, not going to speak too long anymore, rather, on this topic. Uh, but it's very interesting times that we're entering into. I feel like crypto is, uh, I don't want to use the word consolidating. I feel like we're slowly coming to a single point and this is kind of what's going to uh, move or accelerate the market. But anyway, let's move on. Next up. This one's kind of uh, interesting. And it's something that's been happening the last couple of, I guess, months at this point. While many traders are eagerly awaiting a potential Bitcoin exchange traded fund, some of cryptocurrency's most passionate advocates are lukewarm at best about the prospect of such an investment or instrument. Uh, it talks about, uh, without reading too much into it, uh, it pretty much talks about how a lot of people, the same way that we had information before last year about the uh, Bitcoin futures that were going to get started and how the market completely shot up because everyone thought that the futures market that we had last year was going to be in physical Bitcoin, uh, not realizing that Wall Street likes to play tricks and they didn't even dare to touch Bitcoin. They were going to be doing it through like paper trades and stuff on the computer. A lot of people think that an ETF could have the potential to be the exact same thing, i.e. that we're going to have some type of a, a huge push up in price based on the excitement. And then when we kind of realize, I don't know, I've, I've seen it from, from, from different sides. People think or for some reason think that uh, the ETFs will be detrimental simply because uh, it's just fast money moving in and out of the cryptocurrency space. And this could cause a bit of volatility or cause people in the cryptocurrency space to believe that crypto is just about the money, which I have told you guys before. I pretty much think uh, at least 97% of people in cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, are of the mindset that crypto is just for money. I think it's just how things are. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, see through the trees, if you will, when you have an asset that went from a couple of cents uh, and even right now is floating around 3000 something dollars, uh, people tend to just look at it for the money. So a lot of people think that the or an introduction of an ETF into the cryptocurrency space could be detrimental to the prices in some way. I mean, it just kind of ends up how you're looking at a lot of people on the higher end, like the the more maximalisters uh, believe that. There shouldn't be any interaction with Wall Street or any interaction with any uh, global or financial entity. But at the end of the day, it's not really uh, if crypto is open source and crypto is for everybody, you can't really say who can or cannot touch it. Um, and if you have a situation right now, once again, where you have something that's floating around 
$3,400 that could potentially hit $50,000, uh, big money is going to find a way to get into it because those returns are completely ridiculous. Uh, there's, there's nothing like uh, bragging on a yacht that you made half a million dollars from something that you put about $500 into. Uh, so this is going to continue happening, or rather this discussion will definitely continue for quite some time in the cryptocurrency space. There's nothing we can do about it at this point. There is, uh, especially since Grayscale uh, now owns 1% of all Bitcoin that's floating around out there. A lot of people aren't going to like that this is uh, happening. Uh, yeah, it says, yeah, the centralizing force people. I mean... I'm not going to get started on on the whole uh, centralized uh, conversation anymore. It should be fairly obvious. When you have one company controlling more than 1% of all Bitcoin, uh, your answer is right there. Bitcoin ETF is at some point going to happen. Uh, we had news from uh, Christine Lagarde who said that she's pretty certain that it may take years. People are still betting on Le uh, Lext. Next February, I would say don't hold your breath simply because I think it's kind of a waste of time and a waste of energy to focus on one date or one second of time that you think that something is going to happen and then you end up being let down. If it happens, it happens. Uh, when it does happen, it is going to happen. We can't really do anything about it, uh, but there are a lot of people who are um, outspoken as of right now who are talking about that they definitely don't want this to happen. I think even Andreas Antonopoulos came forward a couple of weeks ago or months ago and was talking about that he didn't want it. Um, ultimately, we may not want a lot of things, uh, but Wall Street doesn't really care. They're in it for the money. Here we go. According to data obtained from the source, the New York Department of Financial Services itself, the financial regulator has only responded to 9 out of 36 bit license applications submitted since 2015. Five have been denied, four have been approved. The rest are still going through the process. Fortune writer Robert Hackman became interested in the question after a speech given by Eric Voorhees, which lambasted New York State's regulatory approach to cryptocurrency and said that only four companies have received approval, making it an absolute failure. Hackett wanted to know if this figure was true, and if so, how many applications the agency was fielding. In the time since Voorhees' original statement at the 2018 consensus conference in early May, an additional six applications have been approved. Voorhees' Shapeshift and several other companies decided to forfeit the right to do business in New York State rather than fill out a request to continue doing the business which they were already doing. Another no notable exchange that left was Kraken, which made bold statements in regards to its feelings towards the regulatory attempts, kind of working backwards. Uh, for those who don't know, everything that's pretty much happening or what I'm talking about. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a situation where uh, New York State specifically, other states seem to be maybe a bit more lax. For some reason, New York State, I'm, I'm still confused as to how New York is full of rich people when they have so many uh, restrictive laws and when it comes to like making money and like I think they also have like relatively high tax rates. Anyway, when crypto was starting to just kind of become big in the mainstream, there was something that was proposed called the bit license and it was what you would need in order to be able to have um, legal operations inside of New York State. This is why many times when we have articles that we're reading through something and it says uh, this is available in this country, this country, this country and in the U.S., Except for New York, it comes down to the bit license. This is something that you need in order to be able to operate in the, the New York state city space. Part of the problem is um, nine out of 36 in almost a, we're almost 2019, 
a four-year period is incredibly uh, worrying, and this is why it's been called an absolute failure. And this also ties into yesterday what we were talking about where the other uh, institutions see crypto as four different things in the jurisdiction and so and so and so. It's very weird. I don't understand it. I, I wish I did. I don't know why the U.S. is so complex when it comes to all of these financial things. I honestly don't completely get it this is why we also had um kraken leaving uh i think new york state and maybe even the states i'm not i'm not sure the the whole uh it, it might just be new york state we're pretty much what it, what it came down to is that new york state told kraken that they pretty much had to bend the knee and they had to comply kraken was like we've been doing business here for a long time without you uh having to breathe it down our backs or having to fill out paperwork imagine having filled out paperwork four years ago and you still haven't received anything. So imagine how long it would have taken for Kraken. Same as I think with Shapeshift. Shapeshift is... Uh... So Eric Voorhees has been in the cryptocurrency space for a very long time. He created Shapeshift. And if I'm not mistaken, Shapeshift is the thing where you kind of like swap between coins back and forth. It's not an atomic swap. You kind of just swap back and forth between them on the exchange. And this is how you, know, you can get your different cryptocurrencies in a matter of seconds. Or as the trade happens. Anyway, uh, they told Voorhees that he had to get some type of paperwork done because he was working illegally inside of New York State. And it's just been a complete uh, mess. And, and I don't get it. Um, New York State is one of the most populous in the United States and home to the nation nationals, to the nation's financial center, Wall Street. But the bit license seems to have so far had a tremendous slowdown effect on the state's blockchain industry. Added to all the other hurdles that are associated with running a crypto business, including dealing with fast-paced changes in exchange rates as well as an often confusing tax situation, the bit license may seem like too much for many businesses. Uh, Hackhead says that the current pace of approvals is kept up. The New York Department of Financial Services will give its blessing to another 12 Bitcoin businesses in 2019. Meanwhile, several booms and busts have gone and come for crypto. I, I don't get it. Like, I... The U.S. has had so many opportunities to be number one at all of this and the fact that they've taken their time and really they're not showing any type of uh, pressure or like, uh, you know, like lighting a fire under someone so that they move faster. They really don't seem to kind of care. Uh, New York in, in, in just specifically could have dominated the entirety of the cryptocurrency space if they had lower taxes for crypto firms and they didn't even have a bit license it just has something that you had to be uh regulatory compliant and let the them know exactly what was going on within the state like they could new york could be the crypto hub of the entire world at the moment i think it's now um parts of germany i think it's london it's israel and it's a couple other places it's puerto rico and like it's very odd uh i have dying hope at this point for uh the u.s kind of really getting it together and it's really funny because i mentioned this before a couple of months ago and it seems like every single day there's some new information of exactly what i was saying before that i and i didn't realize or now i still don't realize why so many uh, regulators are taking their time when it comes to regulating cryptocurrencies or just kind of like moving forward if you see that there's a potential to make trillions of dollars in this industry why would you not move faster what is what is so interesting about taking your time taking four years nine out of 36 i I'm trying not to say anything uh, mean-spirited, uh, but the point is uh, there's a lot of capital in cryptocurrencies. A lot more capital will be flowing into cryptocurrencies. Um, it's going to leave the states. This is still my prediction. Um, even a lot of people, there was there was something a couple of months ago. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, if you uh, go into YouTube and there's like type in like crypto Puerto Rico, you should be able to find some stuff off of those words. Um, and it pretty much comes down to there's like people 
in cryptocurrencies who are making their own like city or something like that in um puerto rico because they i think they have like a zero to four percent tax rate on crypto and i was talking to someone else before here and they were talking about how so many other um what's it called like some of their friends in new york who've i guess struck it rich with crypto but still haven't like cashed out have simply moved to puerto rico uh got residency there and then they cashed out and they had to pay zero percent on their uh crypto holdings and now they have a house like by the beach and stuff like that and it's like what why would you as a city not get that the money is going to be flowing out of i i don't understand maybe it's because i don't own a i don't own a country or a city i can't really tell you uh yeah uh let's move on to uh finish things up the u.s commodity futures trading commission or the cftc wants to learn more about ethereum its technology and the markets that have built up around it in a request for input or an rfi published on tuesday the regulator explained that it is looking for public feedback on different questions about ethereum ranging from its technology to how it's used respondents have 60 days from the rfi's publication in the federal register to submit answers either by email hand or hand delivery or mail that's kind of weird uh no one anyway uh they said the cftc expects the comments and information received will benefit lab cftc and cftc's fintech initiative and help to inform the commission's understanding of these emerging technologies a press release explained the rfi itself goes into further detail explaining that its rfi will inform the agency's oversight of the ethereum market as well as any derivatives markets related to the cryptocurrency it goes on to say and i do quote the input from this request will advance the CFTC's mission of ensuring the integrity of the derivatives market as well as monitoring and reducing systemic risk by enhancing legal certainty and the markets. The RFI seeks to understand similarities and distinctions between certain virtual currencies, including here, Ether and Bitcoin, as well as Ether-specific opportunities, challenges, and risks, end quote. The document lists 25 different questions about Ether and the network. Divided into the network's purpose, the technology behind it, its governance, markets, and oversight, and cybersecurity, and custody. The weirdest thing about all of this is, one, I will give them uh, a, a slow clap. You can't hear me clapping in the background. Maybe you can. Uh, because I think things like this are nice. When government agencies do come forward and they do admit we don't know what's going on, please teach us because we would like to learn as much as you know. <clears throat> The second thing that I find kind of weird is that they simply made this public as opposed to just asking developers on Ethereum. I feel like asking the public what they think or to teach the CFTC from the public about the Ethereum project is a little weird. I feel like or rather we've heard before that there are thousands of people across the globe working on different uh, things for Ethereum. I feel like just having a meeting with 10 of them would have probably solved nearly all of their questions and the fact that they're giving it 60 days is also kind of weird uh quick side note if you happen to know any of the developers on ethereum or someone who is developing on ethereum or someone who happens to know the people uh who are working with ethereum uh let them know about this i'm not sure if this is a common knowledge at this point uh but it would be beneficial i think for everyone if the cftc uh learned a bit more about ethereum for those who don't really get why and i think my personal 50 percent of my opinion on this as well why the cftc is interested in learning about ethereum is because um not only is so we have a lot of other platforms that are trying to dethrone ethereum yes we know so and so and so 
But what we also have right now is that Ethereum's name has been mentioned many times by government officials. Uh, we have governments around the world who are trying to build on top of Ethereum, who have mentioned that they're going to use the blockchain in some capacity. And therefore, this is why Ethereum is kind of more or less a crypto uh, household name. And what's interesting about this is, is that since Ethereum is so big right now, we have so many other cryptocurrencies and other projects and websites and dApps being built on top of Ethereum. This is why they said that they would like to know exactly what Ethereum is and how it works and any other derivatives that are related to the cryptocurrency because Ethereum is not just a a cryptocurrency. It's not just a payment method. It's, it can, if it grows and scales properly, it can be something as big as the internet. And when you have some type of technology like that floating around in your country, this seems to me be at least why they seem to be interested in learning as to exactly what it is, especially because um, the controversy around Ethereum has been that you can build, uh, what's it called? Uh, like ICOs and STOs on top of it. And we've never had anything like this before in the world of finance, where before, if you were trying to put something and you were trying to go uh, onto the stock market, you had to go through all the proper regulation. With this one, if you're trying to create something that's a security or even something that can be considered a commodity, which the CFTC believes that they should have uh, control over, you can simply just create it if you know how to code on top of Ethereum. And therefore, this is why they're kind of like, hey, what is this? I think it would be uh, in their best interest uh, to simply just contact people from the Ethereum dev team. I feel like that makes a bit more sense. Maybe even any other cryptocurrency team as well could maybe explain it to them. I don't know why they're asking the public specifically. This is why I said if you happen to know somebody in the space who knows exactly what all this stuff is, uh, please let them know so that the CFTC can kind of get their uh, whatever. They can kind of get the information that they need. Anyway, I just thought that was a little weird. Uh, but it's nice to, I mean, at least they're making an effort. I try to be equal and nice to everyone. Um, I think a lot of these government agencies have taken a bit longer than they should have. Like this should have been a discussion at like the end of 2015, maybe even like mid 2017, but, uh, better late than never as the saying goes. Anyway, I think that is definitely going to do it for this video. This was definitely like a, uh, a trip around the world, regulation, stuff happening, money, country type thing. Anyway, uh, as you can tell, don't get your hopes up. Crypto prices are up a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. I was reading an article earlier and they said uh, that they hope uh, that the idea is that if Bitcoin can pass by, I think, 3,600, that is indicative of a um, bullish uh, sentiment around the market. I personally don't think we're going to get there right now. Nothing seems to, uh, there doesn't seem to be solid news that would help to push the price up around there. Uh, and it was also just a little quick side note. Um, a lot of the things that I've been listening to, uh, and I wonder exactly how this is going to play out in the real world. Um, a lot of people are slowly starting to come to the conclusion that remember a couple of weeks ago before we even had a Bitcoin cash SV, uh, and Bitcoin's price was around like $6,000. People were saying for a long time that that was actually the bottom of where the prices should have gone or were going to go. And people in the cryptocurrency space right now, and it's not even just like normal people like on Twitter, uh, but very higher up people are very upset with uh, not only Roger Ver, but also Craig Wright uh, because of the splitting of the Bitcoin Cash network and therefore the devaluation of the number one coin that we have right now. Also in that podcast that I was listening to earlier, it's really interesting. The guy was talking about 
He says, if you've been in crypto for at least a year, you know that the Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash SV thing is just two guys uh, smacking their hands together, finding each other. Like it's not, it's nothing really important. He says, but if you are, if you are like a major institution who's never touched crypto before, and you hear these two uh, people who have coins that are both called Bitcoin, and you can't differentiate between them two, and they're both screaming at each other, "I'm going to destroy your blockchain," and you're already afraid of cryptocurrencies and blockchain. This is kind of where a lot of the fear comes in, and they that 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 event alone may have already set us back a couple of months just because of the action of two people. Kind of ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all are having a great day, morning, afternoon, and or evening, wherever you are, wherever you might be. I hope it's amazing. Thank you once again for watching and or listening. I do appreciate all of your support. Uh, let's look forward to the next 10 days of Coinbase Day, whatever they... What are they calling this? Coin, coin. Anyway, thank you once again, and I'll talk to you all soon. See you.